0: You're listening to Transplaner RPG, an all-transgender, people of color-led dark fantasy actual play channel set in an original non-colonial anti-orientalist multiverse. The Chaos Protocol is our second main campaign and stars Valiant Dorian, Kai K, and Sam Starr as players, with C. Thomas as the producer and Connie Chong as the game master. Transplaner RPG is sponsored by Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines, has asked us to say, and I quote, Please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon, because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy failing upward, and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and thank you so much for supporting our work. For the Arc One Interlude, we're playing Monster Care Squad by Sandy Pug Games, and we're officially sponsored by them too. In this incredible game, players embody monster care specialists who heal the breathtaking beings of Aldamura from a mysterious poison known as the False Gold. Check out their games and art, including the recently released Sandy Pug After Dark at SandyPuggames.itch.io, and use Transplaner at checkout for 20% off any purchase. Content warnings for this episode may include death of loved ones, grief, romance, flirting, complex and complicated relationships, monsters, monstrosity, curses, poison, blizzards, snow, falling, fantasy violence, descriptions of food, and references to loss of children and claustrophobia. Arc 1 Interlude. The First Mission. Part 2. The iron woods that encircle Petrus Mall are like the teeth of some ancient monster, bristling with thick clods of snow that rest on thin branches. At first, they seem almost peaceful, a memory suspended in pure white. But as we push in on these woods, we become aware of the howling gales that surround us, the biting chill of the cold, and the thick, thick layers of snow that go down deeper than the eye might betray. We push in on our stalwart monster care specialists Lumira, Zainan, Sayer, Singh, and Medea, who leads the pack. Your footprints. Tredge through freshly packed snow, and as you leave the outskirts of Petrus Mall, it is as you have been warned. The blizzard grows more furious. Every single step you take out of the village, the snowstorm seems to thaw. It seems to punish you for leaving the warm hearth fires of Petrus Mall. And within mere moments, even the tallest, most proudly carved log cabins vanish under a sheet of blinding white downfall. Medea, you're tall. Built like a truck, strong, used to weathering the cold. But even you know that every single day that passes the storm gets worse. At first, the snow surrounding Petra Small only went up to your ankles and then your knees. Now you're slogging through thigh-high downfalls of flurry, pure white flurries, even though you're barely a quarter of a mile outside the perimeter of Petra Small. How do you lead your newfound allies to the outskirts of safely charted territory?
1: At the beginning of this trek, Medea had mindfully placed their steps in a much shorter gait than would be normal for them. And anyone who is a survivalist would know that this is to help the people that follow us behind. Medea looks back and says, if you're struggling, you can follow in my footsteps. It makes it a little easier once the snow packs. But as this has gone on and on, the effort becomes a necessity. And at some point it gets so high that it doesn't even matter anymore. And Medea is trying to push the snow aside, trying to make a path, and stops to look back and say, I think I'm going to need some help. Perhaps single file is not going to really work at this point.
2: Sayer <laughs> has quietly... He's a very silent man, you notice with him. He carries himself with the gait of someone who has been trained to track. And he is a very good listener. And as soon as you've begun earlier on to pave the path within the snow, Sayer is behind you, steadfast. And patting down the snow so that the path is easier for his companions who are maybe not as built as the both of us are and upon hearing that he steps up right next to you his bright blue boyish eyes regard yours and he just says i could take the front with you ma'am if we can pave a wider path that might make it easier then we can walk two to and." Lumira and Sing honestly do not take up much space. They can walk right by Zainan.
1: It'll be slower, but the worst thing would be if we fall. The snowbank collapses underneath us.
2: I'll make sure to pad the bottom. At least they will buy his time if that does happen.
0: Thank you for your help.
2: Yes, ma'am. At least I can do.
0: Medea and Sayer. I would like one of you to follow the trail. That is a diagnosis move. So in Monster Care Squad, play is broken up into three phases. We're now entering the first, which is the diagnosis phase, when our specialists are trying to figure out exactly what the heck is wrong with the monster that they are trying to help. So when you follow clues, tracks, or hunches in search of something hidden or obscured, roll plus acuity. So either of you, what are your uh, acuity particular skill? Okay, so there's a one for Medea. What is your, uh, uh, your do, acuity skill? Yeah, go ahead, Zayr.
2: But I do have trainings in it. Uh, I do have training and tracking, so that would give me a plus one to the roll. And Connie, I have a specialty. I have a specialty that I can hear and see omens if they are present. So I could okay. take this roll, but I will do it in an ominous way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Medea, if you would like to... Uh, offer the move to Sayyir. I'll keep your specialty in mind, because basically specialties are things you can just do without needing to roll for them. I'll keep that in mind when resolving the outcome of this roll. So roll 2d6 plus
2: one. Woohoo! Okay, that's a six total. That's a six? Yes, six total.
0: <gasps> My love, that is a miss. <laughs> I know, <laughs> that is... I know. This makes sense. That is just a miss. Okay, so on a six or below, all three of the following are true. You disturb something that shouldn't have been disturbed. You lose the trail, but find yourself somewhere interesting anyway. And you break something important. (laughs) Furthermore, on a failure, I'm going to fill one of the diagnosis clock wedges, which is how we progress through this phase as a failure. And for the sake of pacing, there are only two wedges on this clock. So half of diagnosis has been failed. (laughs) to this role. So, what? Sayer, how do you attempt to help Medea find the path forward?
2: I think what happens is this is Sayer's first time in the field. And he's been trained well by Artemis. Artemis is the uh, g- the great huntress, right? So he, I think at the beginning, he stays really low to the ground. He's patting the ground right by Medea. But this is Sayer's first time in a real scenario. And unfortunately for him, the in- controlled environments from Trance cannot shield him from the calamity that sleeps inside him. And I think he gets distracted by hearing the first hums of its omens. Mm.
0: Yeah, Sayer, as you try to focus on finding the right path forward, as the snow starts to get, thicker as the blizzard starts to pick up become more furious around you your step comes down and as it does you fall literally and metaphysically down medea what you see is say your step into a tree well a very large one hidden by a tall pine sayer just plummets and the snow caves down in around him. If you don't know what a tree well is, uh, look it up. It's terrifying. It's pockets of loose snow around the base of a tree that look fine, but you could like fall first and be stuck there till spring because it's so deep, no one will find you and it's almost impossible to pull you out. Sayer, you fall, thankfully, feet first. And as you plummet, you feel something rollicking underneath you, unsteady ground, literally. You feel something pitching and you see a flash of an omen of disaster in front of your eyes. You see a a tossing a pillar. What is that? Horn? Right, a horn of crystal, pure crystal, like the crystals dangling off of Medea's backpack. But it's massive, it's mighty, it's blue, it's glowing, it's beautiful, but it's cracked. And the cracks. Ooze with a kind of sickly, viscous, golden fluid. You see this horn tossed to the left, connected to the snout of something. But you're seeing it through a thick pane of glass. You're inside somewhere safe, but the safe place you are inside is becoming less and less safe by the day. As you feel it, his control on himself is slipping. And on that word, slipping, you slip, you fall. The tree well subsumes you. Snow piles in over you. Sayer vanishes. Boom. Just like that. All like six foot something of him just... (laughs) disappears underneath that pile of snow that's the thing that it shouldn't have been disturbed was a tree well uh the trail has been lost as soon as Sayer falls down the howling picks up and everything gets thicker and thicker the blizzard becomes more and more furious until all of you can barely see 10 feet in front of you some kind of snowstorm within a snowstorm is starting to whip up and Sayer, what important thing do you break
2: Sayer breaks uh, the handles of one of his crescent blades. <gasps> I think in trying to steady himself, it like cracks underneath him, and he realizes that that's happening, and he lets he like lets go to prevent the pressure from completely snapping it. And as he grinds to a halt in the bottom of this, and finally returns back to the snow and away from the gold I <sighs> realize the snow that's packing all around him, covering him deep inside the swell.
1: This is exactly what Medea had feared would happen and why they had slowed down. Medea will turn around to the others. Don't panic. The last thing you need to do is panic.
3: Zion is cool as a cucumber as he looks around and Connie I would like to do two things. Okay. It's one thing really. So I have a move that says, I always know the way, but I would like to combine it with one of my specialties. Okay. One of Zynan's specialties is he can intuit environmental shifts like the monsters can. Okay. And Zynan looking to Medea, looking to where Sayre was, and looking at this blizzard. Using my move, Zainan would just like to know, it says, when faced with choosing a path, you can choose a path that is faster, but will yield nothing useful along the way, or a longer, more dangerous path that will produce useful findings.
0: Hmm. Okay. So as you pause and assess the situation, Uh, You don't need to roll for this move, right? You can just do it. Just do it. Okay. You cast your gaze downward at Seir, and you realize, you see a glimmer of something amidst the snow that's piled onto him. It's not just a tree well. It's the opening to some sort of (laughs) underground cavern system and we pan down past these thick layers of snow to see Seir. You've bumped your ass against the ground. You have fallen onto something hard through this tree well. And as you open your eyes and pick yourself up, you see that you're at the mouth of a tunnel with walls jutting out with crystal. Glowing, luminescent crystal, pockets of all different colors. And you remember what Medea said, that there was a crystal grotto somewhere here that this village was also known for. The tunnel stretches in deeper and curves out of sight. And Sinon, something in your gut, right? Something instinctual like the Monsters of Aldemura has, tells you that if you Go down into the twisting caverns underneath the snowstorm. It's longer, it's winding, more dangerous, but you'll find useful stuff on your way to Poco Poco. If you take the above ground route, it'll be faster, it'll be a more direct shot to find the monster that takes those who are lost, but you'll find less interesting things on the way. It's just snow. The snow has buried everything that might be of note.
3: So we, uh,.
2: See what Sayer's found in there? Sayer, you all right? I'm all right. There's, just, there's some underground tunnels underneath here.
1: Help me dig them out.
2: Uh actually, I think we
3: might do better to
2: follow them.
1: Can you move?
2: You see the snow shifting a little bit and Sayer pulls uh you see like the dark fingers? peering up underneath the snow shoveling off of him he's still covered in snow but he's shoveling all of this off of him and he's beginning to like tunnel out like a tiny little circle around him so that you all can begin descending
0: sayer that's a little inefficient um folks stand back this is something i've been wanting to try let's see if it works sing steps forward and draws what at first appears to be a, uh, a staff of some kind. Um, it's a glowing pink staff. And at the top of it is kind of like a gem, uh, a pure pink crystal gem. And she points the staff down and starts drawing a circle around it and heat Starts to emanate from the gem and melt the snow in a circle around Seir, turning it almost instantaneously to water. A big gout of steam erupts upward like a hot spring gazer, and Seir, you are flooded with warm water that melts and flushes into the tunnel.
2: Seir is drenched head to toe.
0: You get down there, Seir.
2: Yep. Thanks, Sing.
0: You're very welcome. <laughs>
2: All right, come on here. And he he like pulls a hand out to Sing.
0: Sing takes her hand and like jumps down. She like floats down almost, her cape fluttering around her like wings and touches down gracefully.
4: Lumira has her hand on her hip and is just like this cheeky little shit. You just, you could have did that from the beginning.
0: Oh yeah, totally.
4: But you made him wait.
0: No, I didn't make him wait. I wanted Sayre to do his thing, you know? We've been trying combo moves, but they're much stronger if we're also strong on our own.
1: Hmm. Come on you see, down, Mimi. Me. Immediately, right. Medea begins to fuss into their backpack to try to pull something out. They pull a blanket out, and they look to Lumira and say, it's very, very bad for people to get wet in the cold. It will only intensify the chills.
4: That is true. Um, is there any more blankets, you should try to stay warm as best you can.
1: I think we should give this to your companion and she'll offer the blanket that she pulled out.
2: Thank you, ma'am. And Sayre, like, quietly thanks you, kind of quickly brings the blanket over him just to, like, quickly dab himself so that he's drier. And I think he ends up having to, like, remove the leather wraps that he has around his hands, because that and water, bad idea. And you begin to see that golden sheen up his arm, up to his fingertips. He just takes it off and he ties it to his waist, I guess. He looks confused for a moment, but he ties it up to his waist. Uh,
1: Medea's um, eyes follow the lines of the gold that traces your skin. Um, Do you know about the false gold? Only a little. The false gold, it is a type of curse, an affliction on some of the monsters that we know and see. There's suspicion that Poca Poca is one of those that have been cursed by the false gold. It drives them to uncontrollable rage.
2: It's doom, Sayer just says, blurts out knowingly like a fact, but also clumsy and haphazardly of wrapping the blanket around himself I, um, there's something. Crystals like the ones you carry. A frenzy of gold covering me. Terrified. Fury. I'm losing more and more of who I am, who I was, who I will be. Gold, gold, sickly gold. And there, then, the language changes. He starts growling. But he's growling in a way as if communicating animalistic and primal. And you notice that the birthmark on his chest begins to glow. That sick glow of gold.
4: Uh, do you do this all the time? Sing. Yeah, uh sir,
0: um he my brother uh has intuitions sometimes about bad things that might happen. It's it's useful, I promise. It doesn't invite it. It's just he just Sees it. So, whatever you've seen, Sayer, do you think that's where Poco Poco is?
2: Hmm. Surrounded by crystals, like the one that you carry, ma'am.
1: Hmm. They can be found all throughout the grotto.
2: One of them shatters. When we get there, must use caution.
4: Uh huh. Do you happen to know any areas in which they would be more concentrated than others or have a different variety of types that are in one relative location.
2: Yeah, it's bigger than yours.
1: Hmm. Perhaps deeper into the the woods. Uh, I will admit that I do know the general geography, but I was not much of an adventurer up until very recently.
2: Well,
3: let's uh, see what's in these tunnels. Maybe there's some answers as to what's going on with the crystals. And very confidently not waiting for Medea, Zion steps forward. Mm. And you can see his green eyes and the glowing green markings on his face still continuing to glow in the caves as he steps forward.
0: All right, Zainan. given what you know of this tunnel, it is dangerous, but it contains clues. So when you navigate a dangerous environment or situation in search of information, roll plus grit. This will be our second and final move in the diagnosis phase. What's your grit? It's
3: plus one. Okay, go for it. TD plus one. And okay, I have a question. Yes. I have a training that is in a different skill. If I wanted to use that training, does it have to be the one in grit?
0: I think it does, yes. Okay,
3: that's fine. So completely okay except i rolled like trash oh no
0: no, not the two failures no what'd you get what'd you get the
2: he-hims come on the The he-him hours
0: are letting us down (laughs) it's another six okay that hurt me on a six tell us how you try to lead your strike team and medea through these crystal tunnels
3: zynan Started on this mission continuously thinking about what he was instructed to do by Hand Artemis, which wasn't to worry about the person who just fell down a hole and started speaking in animal uh, or the extremely terse healer, but to keep an eye on the chosen one to support Hmm. her. And so he is thinking about how much this feels like it is already not quite working because he is not doing what he was told. And while he would love to uh, have focused on the trail, the path, I think he keeps looking back at them.
0: Mm. Yeah, Zainan, you're distracted as you wind your way through these tunnels trying to hone your senses trying to follow that intuition within your gut working alongside medea let's say to like forge the way forward you do listen to medea she is the one that knows their way around this
1: place Medea is also distracted though medea keeps Mm. looking back to seer are you sure you're warm do you need another blanket Uh,
2: no i i I, I'm all right. He's not used to any of this attention or being fussed over at all. You kind of see that boyish nervousness of not having that much attention on him ever.
3: <laughs> and Zayna is almost doing the opposite. He is ignoring Seer. He is doing his very best to ignore what is going on there.
0: Yeah. So both of your pathfinders are distracted. So it comes as no huge surprise when both of them stumble into a larger chamber that these winding tunnels open up into. And Zynan, finally, your distraction catches in your throat as you see dust filling this chamber. So much of it, flurries of dust coming down, sweeping past your eyes, past your nose, You blink and you realize it's snow, it's powdered light snow, but for a second it felt much too familiar. This is a vast chamber coated with a thin pebbling of snow coming down through cracks in the ceiling, cracks that thin plates of light struggle through, fingers of light shining down, trying to wrench their way through. And inside this chamber is what looks like the aftermath of demolition gone wrong. You see huge stalagmites of crystal, like pummeled inward as though something massive had just like ran headfirst into it and broken it open. You see shards of crystal littered everywhere over here. You see like deep gouge marks in the ceiling. That's right, it's not just cracks in the ceiling, it's gouge marks up above. And you also see scorch marks on some of the walls and the floor. Most tellingly, you see a kind of outline You see a kind of massive ovular outline on the ground that has a lighter dusting of snow than the rest of the chamber, as though there was something huge and vaguely oval-shaped, for lack of a better term, that was once here. It feels relatively recent. And perhaps most damning of all, you see a huge hole in the opposite wall to you, a massive hole with a very particular shape. The top part of this hole is triangular, And then it turns ovular, almost like there was a a pyramid stacked on top of a cylinder of some kind. And that hole just bores deeper uh, into the crystal caverns and seems to slope upward to above ground. There's also broken bits of huge wood splinters and wooden shingles everywhere mixed in with the crystal. And with that clock full, it's time to move on. So every segment is marked as a failure, which means unfortunately that your table uh, gets no critical aces uh, and gets basically nothing as you had fast forward, aside from the clues you've already collected. Sorry, okay. all <laughs> That's okay. That's what our key hymns have for us tonight. So now we're in the synthesis phase, which means you're now trying to put together a physical cure, having integrated the information you got from diagnosis. So based on what you have from the diagnosis phase, you know that there's something going on with Poka Poka that has to do with people being lost. You remember what the villager said about Pokapoka taking those who are lost? You remember what Sayer said about that cracked crystal, a sense of losing control, a sense of frenetic rage almost undergirding it? That's what's wrong with Poca Poca that you can ascertain with your two misses.
4: Keep the blanket up over your shoulders and over your antlers, Sayer.
2: <sighs> I know, I just wanted... To- Get a better look at this and he like drapes it and you see the blanket draping over his antlers uh as he holds on to it because now he has two folks that are standing either end of him telling him to keep warm and stay dry and he just kind of like looks around at all of this damage and his pupil widens a little bit
1: you can see that Medea's eyes have gotten larger. You can visibly see on her face that her heart has dropped as she is surveying the area. Oh,
3: this is you f- not good. You familiar with these caverns?
1: No, I'm not, but I can tell you what that means. And she points to the hole that is undoubtedly the silhouette
3: of who we are trying to find. So you're familiar?
1: I've seen them. I've had people that have taken shelter in their previous sanctuary come visit me. I used to be an apothecary.
4: Hmm. Interesting. Someone who knows herbal medicines, that'll be useful. I couldn't help but see earlier when you were putting things into your bag, you had a herbs, something that smelled very distinct, something like millyweed. Was that-
1: Yes. Uh, Medea will shrug off the backpack and kneel down, open it up, and reveals the rations, the utensils, the single book, and then as well as the herbs, begins to pull them out and display them for you. These are medicinal in quality.
4: I could make do with that. Her eyes absolutely glance over to the cover of the book that was put down.
1: The book is very old. You can see that it has signs of age. It's got yellowed pages and the corners are bent. And on the front, it says, Monster Care Squad Specialist 101.
4: Uh, The 101 textbooks tend to be my favorite. When you get into higher levels, yeah, you get more information, but the core basics, the building blocks, Typically, at its bare minimum, what you need to succeed could be found in the 101 books. Hey, take a look.
1: Uh, um... You see Medea pull something over it as if to hide it. It's not mine. I'm sorry.
4: I, I didn't mean to intrude. My apologies.
1: No, I it's alright. Um
4: I can't help myself sometimes. Looks fascinate me.
3: You, uh, meeting someone?
1: No. Um. <laughs> Medea pulls the blanket off and pulls the book out and hands it out in your direction, Lumera, without looking at you. It's just a book. You should, you should look at it. Books are meant to be read.
4: I couldn't agree more. If it's okay.
1: Yes, of course. But please give it back.
4: I would never keep a book that was not mine without permission. And almost abnormally opens the book and her eyes just scan over it. Like, it's almost impossible that someone actually can read and memorize in one look what she's going through. But she's skimming through the table of contents and looking for anything. Possibly that could be of use.
1: When you open it, the first thing that you notice is that it's meant to be to help someone who wants to become a monster care specialist, essentially like preparing them into the, uh, the procedure of becoming one. Most notably in the very first pages, the equivalent of like crayon, E-R-I is written across one of the uh, blank pages but it is generally useful information within.
4: I think Lumira peeps the initials on the book, but based off of how reluctant you were for her to even look at it in the first place, she won't press any further. She'll just clunk it for later. Back to the text.
0: Medea, mm. as a Former, still practicing in some ways, apothecary. You notice that this chamber is not just crystals and damaged wood. There are pockets of plant life here and there, and they look cultivated. Like someone's been taking care of them. Up until quite recently, several rows of the plants which grow out through hardy, wintry, powdered snow ground look like they've been torn up in the frenzy of whatever transpired here. But you see clumps of pangolin roses, which are layered, thorny winter roses with hard petals that resemble the overlapping scales of a pangolin. You also see thermal gem flowers growing at the bases of clusters of broken crystals, which are crystalline sunflowers that swivel their heads in the direction of warmth. You also see the very rare echoloxacum, which are dandelions, weeds, with pure black petals that can enhance the innate echolocative properties of certain alchemical brews, potions, and objects. And these round, broad stems, uh, leaves poking out from the stems, and the pure black coloration makes the dandelion kind of look like a bat. There are interesting medicinal and alchemical herbs all throughout this chamber. And you know as an apothecary that they could not grow here without human and monster tending.
1: Uh, oh, speaking of, that's very strange. Look there, you can see that there are croppings of different herbs and plants that are growing. There should be nothing but roots and smaller, less leafier things here,
4: but... Are you saying that someone has been here taking care of all of this?
1: It must be, yes. It, it would be otherwise impossible.
3: I thought you said that Poca Poca was dangerous.
1: Well, no one's really seen them.
2: They weren't always like this.
1: No. <laughs> Poca Poca used to be the the guardian for Petra Small.
3: And as an apothecary, you were interested because of. What? Poca Poca grew things?
1: No, Poca Poca doesn't grow things. And you can see that Medea begins to put things away and holds a hand out almost expectantly
4: to Lumera. She closes the book, gives it back to you immediately. I think I got what I maybe need to at least get started on something that I could do. Um, Connie, Mm -hmm. I have a move that's called There's Got to Be Something Around Here. Okay. That essentially lets me look for things that could be useful. Supplies is what it's referencing to in general. Mm -hmm. Just by looking out around uh, in the area.
0: Do you need to roll for it?
4: Yes, I have to roll a grit. Go for it. Um, Let me see if I have a specialty that helps. Please roll well. (laughs)
2: Please. (laughs)
4: Mm, Yeah, I don't have anything that would actually help. (laughs) So 2d6 plus my grit? Zero. (gasps) That's a nine.
0: All right, better than a six. What happens on a nine?
4: On a seven to nine, I see something sticking out of the mud. Gain one supply.
0: Okay, so the thing that draws your attention are the plants that medea has pointed out in particular the pangolin rose you see the kind of like almost metallic petals that peek out from this wintry flooring they seem like they could be used as a sealant or uh if if melted down exposed to some kind of heat you think of Sing's uh glowing uh heat staff basically they might be able to repair some sort of object or undo a breakage of some kind. This paired with the knowledge of what Seir has said of that broken crystal, horn, whatever it was at the core of all of this seems to resonate. You could potentially use the pangolin rose to repair whatever has been broken or will break based on Seir's
4: vision. Gotcha. I think Lumira walks in circles, but these circles, every rotation she makes is a bigger circle to cover more ground as she's looking around. And when she finally, her eyes lock on the roses, those this Sayer, didn't you, that Mm -hmm. thing you do, wasn't it? you, You said something about, something a a crystal being broken right
2: yeah it fell over shattered it fell over
4: and shattered these roses can in their most truest essence of form can be used to mend to suture to bring two broken pieces back together again if i can sing can i see your staff please (sighs)
0: Absolutely. Singh comes over, like, twirls the staff like a baton, right? Just sort of, like, over, across one shoulder and, like, plunks the bottom end of it down as she approaches. Here it is.
4: Thank you. Um, uh, this gets melted down and Lumira's, like, flustered for a bit. Like, that, that, if we can, do you have, uh, do you have, like, um... Something to like break this down with to grind it into.
2: (laughs) Sayer unsheaths one of his uh, crescent blades. Not the one with the shattered wraps, but the one that's still functional. We could use this.
4: Thank you. Um, And I think Lumira gathers all of this together, flicks out the back of her long coat, um, and kind of just kneels in the snow right where she's at. Because she, luckily enough, has thigh-high boots on. So her legs are very warm and covered. And plucks a couple of these flowers and starts to grind it down, essentially, into like some of a poultice using the butt of one of Sayir's crescent blade. And uses the crystal of Sing's staff to heat it and melt it down into what it can be used for. Um, And of course, our girl has a vial, keeps continuous vials on her deep inside of her robes and just starts to scrape the remainders of what she just created into the vial to use for when we do get in contact with it.
0: Medea. As you watch Sing Seir and Lumira work together to grind this alchemical component down into a usable material, you see not this stranger, not this specialist that you've only met today, but Eri. A memory of Eri learning to grind flowers down with a mortar and pestle, as you have taught them. We are inside a cozy log cabin, your log cabin, Medea, your home, the home that you've lived in for generations in the heart of Petrus Mall. What artifact has been passed down from parent to parent that now adorns the center of this hearth?
1: It is the shield that is on Medea's back. However, it is of a different form. Medea walks up to it, and as Aerie is preparing the ingredients, it comes to a point where it needs to be boiled. And Medea grabs the shield with two hands, puts their boot right in the smack middle of it, and it, boom, pulls out (laughs) into what appears to be a sort of crock pot. And Medea puts it down onto a small harness over the fire. And this is what the line of Medea's family has always carried generation to generation, and it was
0: every intent for Medea to pass it to Eri. Aerie yeah. is putting the finishing touches on this ground-up collection of flowers, and as they look up, we see a teenager, barely 14, 15 years likely, with a short kind of shaggy black hair that covers their eyes, but the pieces of their eyes we can see are this bright molten gold. They have the same kind of nose as their parent, a kind of like black, kind of wet slightly upturned one, and periwinkle wrinkle fur that peeks out from underneath uh, winter clothes. As they look up, they look a little anxious, a little insistent. They've never been the most attentive student of the apothecary arts, even though they try. Their eyes have always looked out past the horizon toward adventures that beckon beyond. And that forlorn, longing gaze has only strengthened after the false gold struck 12 years ago, though there were only three or four when it happened. As they continue to grind, they say, um, Mom, uh, I know that making all these poultices and stuff for the village is important, but don't you think we should be trying to give these poultices to Poka Poka? They seem like the one that's gonna need it more than us.
4: Hmm,
1: yes, I think that is a very good idea, Eri. We do need to fill out the orders that we have first, how about this? We'll stay up an extra hour every night and try to see if we can give some extra things.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd really like that. And you're gonna let me go out into the woods, right? So we can try to find Poca Poca? Give this to him?
1: Medea doesn't say anything. Medea just looks over their shoulder with a very familiar look.
0: Well... Grandma's always said that Poca Poca helped found our village, you know? When our ancestor got lost in the woods and then was rescued by Poca Poca, and then they became friends, and they didn't leave each other's side until, well, our ancestor died. But by then, Petrus Mal had sprung up around them. So what if Poca Poca needs our help now? What if Poca is not taking people who are lost, but trying to do what they did back then, trying to find friends or something? What if Poka is hurt by the false gold and no one's out there to assist them like they've assisted our home for years? There are very many what-ifs, Eri.
1: You will have them your entire life. The important thing is to look at what you know now and what you can do about it. Do you think it's very reasonable for you to go out there without any information of what has happened? Any indication of where to go? (sighs) The storm is only getting worse.
0: I've been doing research, mom. You know, when, when I go out to chop wood, I I've been traveling a little farther than you say I should go, but I've been fine every time I've come back, right? And What does and, that mean? What hope? What do you mean by that? Get nothing. It's just, you know, a couple feet, a couple dozen, a couple hundred feet in. Listen, I just there are more materials out there, more resources. We can't stay in this shrinking bubble forever. Eri, you are not ready you cannot go we have
1: people in the village trying every day to do what they can
0: and every day the people in the village shrink there are fewer and fewer people every day because they try to go out they try to harvest resources they don't come back something has to be done what we're trying isn't working what if you came with me mom you're so much better of a survivalist than I am. You're the best apothecary Petra Small has ever known. If you came with me, I know we could find Poca Poca. I know we could heal him together. We don't need to wait for a monster care squad to come to us. We can be the monster care squad. Look, uh, remember this book you got for me when I was a kid and they go to a shelf and pull out that monster care squad 101 tome uh, that now looks a lot fresher and newer than we saw in the present day. I've been studying it backwards and forwards, and I know no orders for new books have come in because of the blizzard, but I've memorized every single word in this book. I know that I have what it takes to be a Monster Cure Specialist. They say you have to be strong, you have to be brave, you have to be smart. Well, I'm all those things, right? And most of all, I care about Petra Small. I care about Poka Poka. So Medea's come with me. hand
1: drops, and their expression does as well. They don't look frustrated, She doesn't look mad,
0: she looks heartbroken. Give that to me. What? Now. What are you going to do with it? You're going to confiscate it again?
1: I'm just going to put it away for now. He's been giving you dangerous ideas, Eri. You're not ready. Danger-
0: that's, That's not for you to decide. I'm not a kid anymore, Mom. Okay? I've been studying hard on the herbs. I think there's something wrong with his horn or something. His beacon. He just needs some help. You're right, Harry. But not from you. Not yet. By the time I'm old enough for you to approve, if that will even happen, which let's be real, it's not ever going to happen. I'm not ever going to be ready enough for you, Mom all of Petra Small will be swallowed by the blizzard. You've already had your chance to see the world do your thing. But if not now for me, then there's not gonna be a future. And besides, this is what I want to do, Mom. I want to be a Monster Care Specialist. I want to help Petra Small and Poca Poca. And if you're not gonna help me do that, then I don't want to do this! And they pick up the uh, pestle and mortar and they throw it onto the ground. And it cracks in front of the fire. Hadea turns their head to just look at it. You know, all the stories that Grandma told about our ancestor and our family, and working with Poka Poka, I thought we were heroes. I thought we were brave. But all I see in front of me is a coward. You need to add honey to the polsters. You'll find it
1: on the cupboard upstairs.
0: And Ari turns around, like runs up the stairs to their room, and you hear them just bang the door closed. Medea slowly
1: goes over to where the broken mortar and pestle is, picks it up,
0: and just quietly goes about cleaning up the mess. As you sweep the remnants of the mortar and pestle into the dustpan, we pull out of this memory and hold back on your face. The last vestiges of this recollection swirling in your head the morning after, the attempt at makeup soup like you always do, the empty bedroom, the open window, the lack of a note. And Lumira, based on your success, we have marked the single wedge on the synthesis phase as a success. We're now ready to move on to the symbiosis phase.
4: We're winning in game, but we're all dying emotionally right now. (laughs) I'm devastated. At what cost? At what cost was this W, y'all?
0: So Lumira and our team as a whole, every segment has been marked a success, which means you gain a critical ace. Every member of the group gets to name one thing they're taking with them into the confrontation with the monster. I assume, Lumira, what you're taking in is the, um, sealant, let's say, that you Correct. just made? Yeah. Yes.
3: I think Zynan is going to take with him an, un- like, looking around the cave, an understanding of, like, the gate, the size, the shape of, uh, Poka Poka. So even though he's never seen them before, like, he knows the, like, general scope of what they're going after.
0: Correct. What you know, Zion, is that Poka Poka is at least the size of a three-story building. Cool,
3: that's gonna be yeah. normal. Thanks yeah. for that, Connie.
0: <laughs> yeah. What Medea
1: oh. will bring in is there is a very specific type of sweet potato root tuber mm-hmm. thing that is loved by people of Petra Mall and was maybe even a favorite snack
0: of many mm. monsters. Mm, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're armed with delicious, tasty food. Okay, that's actually a very important thing to be armed with. What about you, Sayer?
2: Sayer takes with him thick bark that's been uh, fallen, trampled all over by Poca, assuming poca Poka's rampage, and he takes them, and I think you all see him, like, use his teeth, tear it to, like, a thinner, like, strap, and he begins mending one of his crescent blades with them and tightens it uh, in his mouth, uh, and he swings it around. It'll do, it'll seal the damage from now, prevent it from breaking any further. That's what mm. he'll bring.
0: Yeah, like an improvised hilt.
2: Uh, yeah. Into it. He's going to get it from Artemis I'm no. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, I love it. Okay. Uh, what Sing's going to bring Two things. One, Sing has been crouched, knelt down on one knee, examining this area, pink eyes furrowed in concentration. She looks up and says Medea, you've said that the people of Petra Small now think that Poca Poca is taking the villagers, right? That once Poca protected Petra Small, but after, assumedly, the false gold happened, things flipped, right? Yes,
1: that is as close to it as I could say, yeah.
0: So, would it stand to reason that the way to find Poca would be to get lost?
3: No. Uh,
0: Zayden, trust me on this. I'm not quite sure about that. We've been trying to find Pokapoka for a few hours now. We can keep going through that hole and looking, but the blizzard's only going to get worse, right? And say are still a little damp. I wouldn't want any of us to get hypothermia or fall into another tree well and keep walking around trying to find him. So if we genuinely got lost, he'd come to take us, right?
2: As soon as Singh says that, Sayer feels the interdimensional like pull on our equipment. Because fate gifts us the things that we need for our missions. And Sayer looks over to his satchel, like a tiny pack that he carries with him. And as usual, Sayer never checks until he feels it's deemed appropriate. And he opens up this pouch and he pulls out a fixture of wood. It is mangled and covered in thorn. But it has a sort of strange implement at the center of it, made out of obsidian it looks like. And he looks at it and Connie, hearing my sister's idea Sayer is going to prep one of his moves which is trap of the curse once per session I can set a strange trap it looks like any other trap used for small game but it admits the sound of uh, an animal in, in, in distress uh, so we could reflavor it to make it make sounds of someone who sounds trapped
0: mm. Or lost. <laughs> As you take that out, Sing's eyes widen. Oh, oh, that's actually a really great idea, Sayer. We could even try to lure Poke a Poke here if we don't actually want to try to take on the risk of being lost, even though I think that would be the cooler way to do it. But sure, we can do this. Do it this way, too.
2: It's just that we know this area better. The further we go out, the environment we do not know. If we are to set a trap, if we are to set an engagement, let it be somewhere where we know.
0: Inside this grotto? I guess it is really beautiful here. We have a little bit of home turf advantage.
2: That's what I think. That's what the hand would say anyways.
0: All right, then. Zainan
3: finally soaks all this in and the worrying that he had been doing on the way through the cavern to get here kind of catches up to him. And when he was thinking about Sing before he was picturing them as a kid, but this isn't a kid. It really reminds him why he winces when Seer says "Sir." Too, we're a strike team. We're all agents together, and he is here to trust—not just trust in Sing or Nova, but in her will. And if Sing, the chosen one of fate, says so, then we're gonna try. Zaina nods.
0: And that's actually the second thing about Sing. As she grins and moves to give Sayer space to set the trap, she turns to Medea with a big toothy smile and says, also, our monster care squad has has been trying to decide on a squad name. How do you feel about monster care squad, Pangolin Rose? Yes, no, no, yes.
1: It is a very useful plant.
0: Okay, that's not tens across the board, though, which is what I'm looking for. How about Strike Team Poca Poca? Well, depending on the state of Poca that could be a. Okay, so a hit or a miss. Right, that's a good point. How about Strike Team. Uh. It's, uh. Mm, I need some help here, y'all.
3: How about Strike Team doing our job?
0: Strike Team doing our job! Wait, that was a joke. I see. Very funny, Simon.
3: Thank
4: you.
0: We'll come up with the right one later. I have a feeling, I have a feeling we're going to nail it.
4: And Was that your attempt at humor, Mr. Ash? Yes, ma'am. Interesting.
0: Strike team, grouchy Ash.
2: <laughs> they actually laughs at that <laughs> and you hear his hear <laughs> tiny laugh from setting up the trap. Medea, we're new
3: uh, to working with one another. Hope that you don't mind uh, my teammates' enthusiasm.
1: I'm actually finding that I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I was intending on coming out here alone, and I think I'm very thankful that you are here.
3: We uh, are very grateful to have found you. We would not have made it this far without you.
0: Definitely not. It's, uh, it's fate's will that we were able to find each other.
4: All right. So, do we have everything you need and a plan in action?
3: I think so. And, uh, I'll just get in a good position. I've got this and he pats the stock of his tranquilizer rifle.
4: Well, I guess that now is a better time to tell you than anything else. I don't do combat. I stay in the back and look pretty and make sure that y'all can fight another day. That's my job. I do what I have to, when I need to, nothing more, nothing less. Saving your life is my ultimate priority. Are we clear? crystal.
2: Sayer turns to you and he like regards you fully as you say that. And he nods to himself, looks at where Zain is, positioning himself with the tranquilizer rifle. And he gets ready with his uh, crescent blades in hand as he swings it in his right palm. And he says, my job, Lamira, is to make sure you'll never have to see an ounce of it. And Sayer is going to stand near the right by where the trap is and stand up like a big target as the gold marks in his fist glow while holding the crescent blades.
4: Lemire kind of smirks at that before turning her attention back to Zynan. Agent Ash, I need a verbal yes, not a nod. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And with that, she steps to the back of the formation in line with the rest of you.
0: Singh looks uh, a little smitten at <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like her, her mouth hangs slightly open and she <clears throat> yes, right, of course. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Fire that thing up, Sayer.
2: Sayer so bends down and he whispers with that weird animal language again and then it starts growling.
0: Mm. The device starts making noises of a person who's lost in the snow. You hear a voice ring out saying, Hello? Uh, Hello, is anyone there? I think I'm lost. Hello? And it kind of plays on a loop. Uh, Just a generic voice that could belong to anyone's sibling, anyone's parent, anyone's child ringing out, filling the cavern. And all of you take a position around the trap, Inside this cavern, looking around on your toes, ears perked, eyes at the ready. A few minutes pass, and then all of you feel it. The entire cavern starts to tremble. The snow filtering through the gouges in the ceiling begins to thicken, and Singh's eyes are intent on that huge, multi-shaped hole, Uh, waiting for Poka Poka to come through it again. The shaking intensifies, intensifies, until it feels like an earthquake What remains of the crystals in here begin to vibrate and sing with a kind of resonance that joins the echoing voice exploding from the trap and then the ceiling caves in and smashing to the ground alongside a huge avalanche of snow and a flurry of howling gales is a two-story tall log cabin. A stone chimney at the very roof releases gouts of warm, dark smoke. The front porch is white with snow and a bright, merry fire glows within, visible through the glazed white glass of the windows. The cabin staggers forward. Yes, it staggers. It moves for it's jutting from the back of a massive boar. The boar's fur is orange, a deep, thick orange, the color of a sunset. Tufts of snow white fur protrude from its sides, its back, its hooves. Its face is the shade of charcoal with thick white eyebrows and a pair of sharp white tusks. Its ears are long and tapered, breaking back past the logs of the cabin and up to the second floor, tipped with smokeless blue flame and a blue horn of the same color protrudes from his forehead, the length of a spear, the consistency of a crystal. This crystal horn is cracked, broken. The boar's eyes are wide and fearful, and a glittering fog surrounds his head, leaking down from the cracks, bitten into the horn itself, a cloud of confusion given form. Poka Poka rears onto his hind hooves he releases a fearsome bellow how do the four of you approach
3: Zynan has never experienced what I think begins to happen for him and Connie I took a move a gift if, if, if you will of opened hidden eyes and this uh, gives him the ability uh with a moment of focus to focus your breathing you can always see through illusions and magical glamours. and Zynin would like to look over poca poca uh after getting his socks knocked off by having literally a cabin land in the middle of this place to see what of the flame and all of the um many things that are going on there uh, are real. All of it. Oh, God.
0: This is straight up a, a monster that is a boar with a log cabin on its back. It's 100% real. And the fire? That's
3: real. Oh, God. Oh, which,
0: which fire are you talking about? The fire inside the log cabin or the fire at the tips of its ears?
3: The fire at the tips of its ears.
0: So it seems to be a magical fire, but it's very much okay. real.
3: Cool. That's terrifying. Zion is going to look for a vulnerability uh, to... Use his tranquilizer gun.
0: Okay, so that's gonna be, are you trying to set him up? So this is you using subterfuge trickery and subtle action to mislead, trap, confuse, or misdirect the monster? Or are you trying to like, come up with a plan? Go ahead.
3: I think for him, this is a like, let's build an opening because he is not under the illusion that one shot from a trank gun is going to put down (laughs) a three story tall boar. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Absolutely. So that's gonna be rolling plus fine. And how, quote unquote, combat works in Monster Care Squad, when you try to cure a monster, basically, there's something called a control track. It ranges from a D4 to a D6, D8, D10, and a D12. So the party starts at D4 and the monster starts at D12 and you're wrestling for control.
3: And I'm using my uh, special equipment. Okay. Um, which also adds something.
0: Uh, it can add a. I believe it allows you to add a plus d4 if you want to try to spend it. Yes, spend okay. it as an ace. Yeah.
3: I was right. Haha. My fine is a plus one, plus okay. I would like to use one of my trainings, which is hunting.
0: Okay. Go for it.
3: We're going to stack the deck here. Uh, and roll better than the last time I rolled. So the training is another plus one, right? Yeah. So that makes it 11.
0: That's great. On a 10 plus, the monster falls for your trick completely. Advance on the control track and pick one. So one of the three options you can pick is you set someone up perfectly, give plus one to a teammate as long as they exploit the situation you created. You catch a glimpse of a hidden truth, gain a session ace, or you get a moment to diagnose the monster's wounds. Ask the guide one thing the monster can do and one thing it can't do to its wounds. So first tell me what the trick is.
3: The trick is Zynan is going to, knowing how creatures on most planes work, he is going to try and uh, tranquilize specifically some of the musculature that might make it like, Spin around and um, mm. make him more dangerous uh, in his initial attack. And so I think his goal here is to set up for someone to get closer or to try and impede Poka Poka further.
0: Absolutely. Where are you trying to tranquilize him? Like, where does the dart go?
3: Probably in his haunch.
0: Okay. You pull the trigger and a dart comes out. Is it. What does the dart look like? Is it tipped with that puff?
3: Yeah, these, these darts are like a, a fine, like, steel. with the little like bright green puff at the end.
0: i love it Poof. and we just see the puff appear on pokapoka's hind quarter pokapoka doesn't even like flinch in response to it it's like a mosquito bite on his haunch he's a massive uh with the boar added it, it's like a three-story tall building right and like the top part of it would have scraped the ceiling if the ceiling still existed snow continues to plume downward pokapoka rears this huge tuft head around we see golden viscous liquid leaking down from that cracked horn starting to cover his face he lets out a bellow again and paws at the ground starts to charge forward at you zion but then staggers a little and shakes his head like the tranquilizer starting to take effect making him a bit more sluggish so you advance forward on the control track you are now at a d6 the party's at a d6 poka is at a d12 which of the three options are you picking zion
3: Zainan is going to give the plus one to a teammate.
0: Okay, as long as they exploit the situation you created. So which teammate is now stepping up to the bat?
2: Zayir sees what Zainan does in like slowing down Poka Poka. And what he assesses in this moment is the omen. It's coming true. It's the crystal that's leaking Foul, golden, false gold, the doom that he had foresaw. And he looks back over to Lumira and he says, Remember how I said you're going to avoid combat? Well, not anymore. Uh, and he like looks over to the uh, horn that's clearly wounded and injured. And what I would like to do in this moment is, there's still some crystal. Around here, right? Correct. Big shattered
3: hunks of crystal.
2: Amazing. Sayer's gonna look over to Lumira, look over to Sing, and just says, We gotta set her up. And what he's gonna start doing, following up uh, Zainan's intention here, is he's gonna start breaking the crystal shards to create a difficult terrain for Poka Poka to trample all over. Okay. Continually slow it down so that we can get Lumira up there. Mm. And I would like to use my move, reach out with my fist, Where if I use my strength to smash an inanimate object aside, I roll with force. If the barrier crumbles, I get an unforeseen boon. And this is also my ability, in which I have a gift associated with it.
0: Okay, so roll for it.
2: Specifically, pierce the heavens. So just to let you know, Connie, let's go 2d6, please. Let's go. Redemption for the he, him. So that's uh, nine, 10.
0: 10, what happens on a 10?
2: So I got 10 plus. On a 10 plus, the barrier crumbles beneath my might without any complications. Uh, with my monster gift upbra- upgrade, Pierce to Heavens, when the barrier crumbles underneath my strength, an unforeseen boon awaits in the wreckage of my rampage. I can pick one below and tell everyone the details. Either a vital clue uh, hidden by nervous hands, Evidence, an unlikely friend with unlikely news or something you didn't know you needed until now. I'm going to pick the last one, something I didn't know I needed until now.
0: Okay, you, with a fist, smash one of these massive stalagmites of crystal and it just absolutely shatters into a thousand pieces scattering across this snow-strewn ground. And in the midst of the crystal, You hear a ringing noise. That's what you didn't know you needed until now. You hear a ringing noise, a resonance, uh, emanate outward from the crystal as you break it. And something about that, resonance, resonance, connection, bond, that's what's missing. Even if you sent Lumira up there and applied this cure and all the conditions were perfect, that still wouldn't heal, Poka Poka. Something else is missing, a bond that Poka Poka has with something. No, someone.
2: Interesting. I think with that Seir's deep guttural emotion, the pooling of the gold spills out further from his chest, and he looks at Medea. You. Ma'am, we need you. Poka Poka's on a rampage, but it means nothing without bond without the connection of one that knows it, that understands it, and there's no one else here. Fate's will has been made manifest here. And he looks over to sing. Catch my drift, sister. Let's set them both up.
0: You got it. And Medea, as Sayer's eyes catch on you, everyone, we've advanced one more up the control tracks. We're now at a D8 and the monster is at a d12. We're getting close. Medea, as attention falls on you, and Poka Poka, like, shakes his big boar-like head, starts to try to walk forward, but then pauses as his hooves crumble over crystal shards, as well as huge downward plumes of snow. What do you do?
1: Upon hearing what Seer has said, Medea will begin to move forward and essentially offer up the tubers that she has brought with her. She'll try to speak out to it, try to catch its attention. There, there. It's alright. It's alright.
0: Do you have a move? A personal move for this? No. The other the
1: other option was what do you have in your mouth, which would just be like grabbing
0: it, but- Sure, 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 sure. I think that's less okay. bonding than okay. trying to feed it. I think what happens is Poka Poca pauses as you approach fearlessly, holding up these delicious tubers. We can still see the steam wafting up out of the, out of the sweet potato, and Poka Poka's nose, his nostrils flare, and we see the smoke of the steam like entering into his nostrils. <sighs> <sighs>
4: <clears throat> and
0: Poca Poka lets out another huge bellow, rearing up onto his hind hooves, about to stomp down on you. Something about the sweet, delicious smell of a home-cooked meal almost seemed to get through to him, but then you saw the false gold flare around his eyes and strike him with pain as soon as that pang of home resonated within his heart. And right before his hooves come crashing down, the front porch on his back bangs open and Poca poca rears to the side and smashes a few inches away from you as the porch bangs open and warmth billows out from this cabin that is Poca Poca's back and exploding out onto the threshold, bracing one hand against the door frame is a young adult, 20 something, with long shaggy black hair and eyes the color molten gold. They wear a thick woolen sweater under plain brown overalls tucked into a pair of workers' boots and a lumberjack's axe strapped to their waist their nose is bovine against periwrinkle fur. Their ears are long, spotted, downturned, flattened currently against the sides of their face. And they squint down at this mayhem and fur as Pokopoka continues to rear, but they hold onto the doorframe like someone straddling a bucking bronco. They do not release their hold on this and they shout out at all of you What are you? What are you doing? It's not safe out here. You're agitating Pokopoka. Look. Stop what you're doing. Let me try to calm him. Get inside. You won't be able to go home, but at least you'll be safe in here. And Medea, you recognize this person immediately. They were 15 when you last saw them. 15 when he had that blow-up argument. 15 when they ran away from home. Their hair is longer, their face is older, their frame taller and broader and stronger, but it's unmistakable. It's airy the child you've been looking for for over 8 years
1: 8 years and drops all of the tubers that they have
3: left
0: and they just stare what do the four of you think you're doing five of you what and then this person cuts themselves off as their eyes land upon Medea mom mary and then Poca Poca rears again with such violence that Aerie is thrown off his back. And they twist in midair so they land on a snow pile instead of just like hard on the ground. And Poca Poca continues to uh, crunch across shattered crystals. And Aerie lands with a heart. Oof. Ugh. And they kind of reel from it and start to like pick themselves up from the ground. Medea immediately begins to rush over. <sighs> M- Mom, what are you. What? and they like fully straighten even as Poka Poka continues to rage beside them what are you what are you doing here why are you here if you're here that means you're lost too and you why did you come after me Eri
1: I came here to look for Zitu's son to try to see if I could find Polka Poka I didn't know that you would be here
0: <sighs> so it wasn't me you were looking for
1: Mary, I have not stopped thinking about you. Every single day, for eight years, my heart has always been looking for you.
0: I, I wasn't expecting you to come and find me, Mom. I, a, a part of me hoped, but I didn't want you. I didn't want you to be lost like me. Like everyone, I've been, I've been trying to help PokaPoka. I've been trying to calm him down. I've been, I've been able to slow him down. I've been able to slow him from, from making this blizzard worse than it already is. But it's been getting worse in recent days, in recent weeks. It's, it's getting worse. Nothing I've been trying has been working, but I, I have been helping him in little bits. I've even gotten him to, to stay down here. Hunker down here, growing all kinds of plants to try and cure him, to heal him. Me and everyone else who's been lost. They're upstairs now, on the second floor. I always tell them to hunker down when he gets into his rages. Good, good, good. What should we do? I... Just... Just stay out of the way. I've been able to calm him every single time. I can do it now. Okay. And Eri turns around and starts to approach Poka Poka. But Medea, in your gut, something about this, even though this is the first time you've seen Poké since the 12-year storm, you have a feeling this is different. It's like how Aerie said, even they've been starting to lose their ability to calm Poka Poca in the midst of their false goal-struck rages. And as Aerie approaches, like someone trying to like calm down a bucking Bronco, like have both hands raised, careful stance up, Aerie approaches, you know, broad shoulders kind of hunkered up by their ears. Hey, hey there, Poca Poca. it's okay, it's me. It's your friend Aerie, remember? Yeah, okay, just... Calm down, we're gonna be okay. We can rebuild this place. We and Poca Poca lets out a another big trumpeting bellow and starts to toss his head with the huge tusks outward toward Aerie and hits Aerie. Unless someone, especially Medea, would attempt would try to attempt to intercede this. Uh yeah I'm Okay! <laughs> uh,
1: so Medea would not try to stop Aerie, Medea will move up behind Eri. Let Eri lead this, but has their shield crockpot ready. Excellent. will throw themselves in the way if it's gonna get hairy scary.
0: So that's gonna be a get in the way move. So when you stand between your allies and a terrible danger, (laughs) roll plus grit.
1: Okay, zero.
0: You got this. Y'all have a session ace. You could try to, uh, you could spend here if you would
2: like. Do it. Okay, do I, it. This I is I the moment.
0: This is the moment. I got a mom moment. arm, this boy. Wow, that's a six. With the session okay, ace?
2: Session ace.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, so here's what happens. Brutal. You fling yourself in front of this blow right, with your shield outstretched. The tusk rams into you, and you go flying. You just through the air, you smash into a crystal, your head goes ringing, everything goes black for you for a moment, and you slump down to the base of the crystal with a sickening crunch. On that crunch, uh, all of you are thrown back to D6 as the monster stays at D12. So Lumira, you hear that organic crunch and you know what it means. It means something real bad as the strike team's healer. What
4: do you do? This has went on long enough. And from my understanding and what I've read so far, we have to mend that horn. When Medea gets tossed, I kind of lock eyes back towards Seir. so our original plan, yeah? Hmm. And Lumira will reach into her boot, pull out her uh, her boot knife, holding it kind of at the ready at the side and goes charging towards Poka Uh The goal is to either jump up on the wrap, my legs like around the side of its neck or something or like grab onto something that I can grab purchase onto after I like launch myself up to shimmy up the side.
0: So there's a move for this actually called we're going up there. So when you climb around an enormous monster, (laughs) roll plus force. I believe in you. Now's the time to spend your aces.
4: Oh, I don't have to 11.
0: Oh my God! Okay, we're holding the fourth <laughs> down. Yes, A minus one, baby. Listen, let's go. You got box cars. That's that's awesome. Okay, so. On a 10 plus, you get where you need to be, move up one on the control track. So we're back up to a D8. Uh, So yeah, you are able to like launch yourself up and maneuver around Poca Poca to get up to the shattered horn uh, at the very top of their snout, essentially. What does it look like? Give us like a quick little overview as you like scramble your way up there.
4: I think what you see more than anything else is a blur of brown curly hair and her black cloak as it's just like, she was here one second and then pew, like straight speed, like just full straight speed. And as soon as she gets close enough to where she thinks she could actually toss herself enough to not only get up high enough to get a grip so she can shimmy up the rest of the way, but also do it as like, hurting polka Poca as little as possible in the mm-hmm. process is what mm-hmm. she's trying to do um so it's basically just like a blur of brown white black white and gold before she's just basically like around the horn of polka Poca with like both arms and legs like kind of like wrapped around it, but still kind of like gently cradling the portion of it that is broken. I don't want to put all of my weight on it because it might hurt him
0: excellent yeah as you kind of wrap yourself around this horn and you start to ready this alchemical cure we poof, poof, pan back down to zinon who still has that Trank gun out like surveying all of this your bright eyes catch on ari who is Im- has immediately run over to their mother like as soon as medea slammed into that crystal and slumped to the ground and you can see ari like looking medea over like patting her up and down and going mom mom hey wake up mom are you okay? Me? Of course I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Poca Poca has been It's just like I thought. Poca Poca just needs our help, but it's the false gold, it's not him. It's it's been changing him. He's been trying to fight it. I've been trying to help him, but I just need a little bit more time, and I don't know what I'm missing. And I I think I need your help. But I didn't want to go looking for you because if I did, if I led Poca Poca to the village, I, that would have been the end of everything.
1: It's okay, Eri. We'll figure this out together. <clears throat> and Medea will push themselves up to their feet.
0: That's, that's all I've ever wanted. And Eri reaches forward and helps you to your feet, right? Holding on hard to your forearms with their hands. All I've ever wanted was to do this with you, and I'm sorry for what I've said. It's haunted me every night for eight years. It wasn't fair what I called you. I know you were just looking out for me, but I needed to do something, mom. I needed to be brave. I know, my little star. That's why I'm here now. Okay, then let's be brave together, mom. Let's step into the future together.
1: All right. Take this. And I shove the
0: shield into their (laughs) hands. You know, I I thought about taking this before I ran away, but honestly, it was a little too heavy. Hopefully it's less heavy now. Yeah. And I'll begin to limber up. We're not going to do potatoes this time. (laughs) No, I think the time has passed for potatoes. We're going to need something stronger for him. Uh, I start running at it. Okay. <laughs> Zayden, <Zion, laughs> you see all this happen, you and Sayer. So go ahead, Sayre, if you've got something.
2: Sayre sees this warm family reunion and thinks of Sing, thinks of his sister, thinks about whatever would happen if he ever lost her and how lost he'd feel he'd be. And he watches Medea injured organic crunch into the snow with this young adult who's still new to the carrying of the shield. And Sayir locks his blue eyes on the both of them. And he's going to run to intercept. And what I would like to do is specifically use the move. We go on three, where I come up with a plan on the fly and name at least one other team member with a relevant training background and ask them to help out. What I want to do, with your permission, uh, Scylla, is that I want Sayer to use the combo move that he was practicing with Sing earlier, where he uses both of his thighs, he lowers himself, and he's going to push both you and Aerie up onto Poca Poca.
1: Oh, I love this. This is so
0: good.
2: So I feel like and Connie, you can disagree with me. This feels mm-hmm. like a force. Yeah, no, this feels strong. like a force.
0: Roll for it. Do it. Do it up. Oh,
2: Jesus. Uh, that's a an eleven. Eleven. Exactly. Okay.
0: Woo. Uh, all right. You and everybody who agrees rolls plus stat. So, uh, Medeo would also roll for this. Yes. Yeah. So two d six plus uh, uh force. Okay. Um,
1: I also I have.
2: Roland training.
1: Hmm. My training, I've called it Mom Arm.
2: <gasps> I'm mom basically
1: arm. Mom arm. I, I never I skip arm it. day. <laughs> oh my god, yes! Yes, I love this.
0: Okay, cool. Um, that is A ten. That's excellent. So for every 10 plus hold one, and the hold is shared by the group, we've got two holds. We get spend hold on the following options, advance on the control track, rescue a teammate that rolled a six or below, push the monster back on the control track, gain a session ace, or refresh a critical ace. So you could both of you spend it to like, get up to where the monster is, basically. Mm -hmm.
2: Do it do it yeah literally sayer like crouches down and he pats his thighs as if they are step stools and as soon as you and Ari uh show up and put one foot up he lowers himself and puts his palms open as your second stool and all he says to the both of you before you are launched up onto poka poka is this you're both family right then do this together Whoa! and he'll launch you both upwards
0: yeah, Medea, you and Aery fly through the air together, right? And you both land on Pocapoca's head, snout, and/or neck. Aery in particular lands right next to Lumira on Pocapoca's snout. She like catches herself, slides down on the tuft of, of fur, but then grabs onto basically Pocapoca's eyebrows for purchase. Pocapoca's so huge that it does not hurt him. And Medea, you land where? Does Pocapoca have ears? Yes, two long wispy ears. Oh, I grab an ear. I dangle (sighs) off that ear. Yes, you grab onto an ear and you dangle off of it like it's a hanging vine. Airy lands. You now share the same area on the control track. What this means is we need one more success to push Poka back by one to be able to enact a cure. Zynan, what do you do?
3: Oof. Zynan has actually been winded by watching that interaction between Medea and Eri and kind of lost the plot in the fight for a minute. And that deep well of loneliness kind of, he comes out of it and looks around the fight. And I think what he would go for is another shot just to like slow Poka Poca down, maybe like the neck area to kind of make it easier for, you know, for them to get to the horn, for them to like actually be on on his head safely. And so just another shot, I think is all he has in him.
0: Okay, so as you uh, load another dart into the chamber and you like start to raise it and draw a bead on Poka Poca, still a little shaken, winded, slightly out of it, you hear Zainan and you see Sing, who's pull up right next to you. She's noticed your distraction and a look of pure, genuine concern and care rings in those pink eyes. She puts a tentative hand on your shoulder as though she's not sure if you're okay with being touched, but she says, hey, we need you. You can do this.
3: (laughs) Thank you. Trust in her will, right?
0: Trust in her will. And I will give you a plus one to your roll. Cool. From Sings, bracing.
3: Okay, so that is. I've already used my training once, and I think you can only use it once per session.
0: Yeah, you can use a background and another training. Like you can spend any of them. Yeah.
3: Okay. Cool. I have night spotter, so like the ability to see even at night, like. Different spots, so like kind of looking underneath the neck area in particular, seeing into the darkness there for a good spot to hit. That's kind okay, spot
0: the there. Let's do it. I'm trying to find a vulnerable spot. Sure.
3: Yeah. So that's
0: another eleven. Excellent. Let's go, baby. You wait. As soon as Poka Poka's neck rears up and Medea swings past uh, on the ear, you see like a tuft of thin fur where it goes right into like a vein, right? And you uh, let go on the tranquilizer, the dart whizzes in and hits Pokapoka right in that weak spot. Poka uh, false gold-struck eyes go wide, he lets out another whinnying bellow and slams down on his hooves, but then gets rather sluggish. He, like, falls down on one knee, right? Like, leans forward, and on that, Airy climbs up using the tufts of fur as handholds and nods at you, Lumira. You can do it! Try mending him!
4: I know I can. And Lumira goes right into opening up the vial itself and starts to place it almost like, you know how like when bricklayers lay cement and they're like cleaning up like with the caulking, almost in a sense, like that's how she's treating the polstice along the cracks in his horn.
0: Excellent. I'm just gonna give it to you you fill the poultice in among the cracks in his horn and it's almost like a kind of molten lava fixing this great wintry beast, right? Like the cracks uh, cause the broken parts to shift and then fall into asymmetrical order with each other and Airy climbs all the way to the top. Poka Poka starts swaying his head gently side to side like he's trying to clear his head, not of you, but of the false gold and still the gold remains fixing the horn seemed to have brought him some measure of relief but the curse is still there and say here you remember that resonance as you stand at the base of poca poca and look up at all these people crowding around his head you were right about it being a person you were wrong about who it was and your eyes fall on medea's child
2: Sayre looks up to Eri and she's covered in a vision of gold now. There's an open, there's a calling that resonates within him. And he he cups his mouth and he yells out. I don't think he knows Eri's name. He doesn't know Eri's name. <laughs> All he says is Sarah yelling out to this young adult. is like, Hey, you! Pokaboka needs you! You're the bond. You're the one that keeps them held, tethered together. Do what you've done this whole time, keeping them. Now, now's the time.
0: Eri understands instantly, as soon as you say this. They nod, they reach a hand out, they pause before they do, and they look at their bomb, hanging on by the end of Poka Poka's ear. Almost as though for Permission, no, but for your blessing. Aerie says to you, I think I think things are going to be different, Mom, after I do this.
1: Medea is trying to be graceful in this moment, but is just swinging from the ear of this yep. giant boar. Uh, Medea says, you know what you're doing?
0: <sighs> poca poca. we need you! And Aerie slams the palm of their hand onto the horn and a massive supernova of light explodes outward from the contact. It's bright, 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 warmer than you could imagine. And as that supernova dies down, we see a perfectly healed horn with remnants of golden scarring like a vase that's been shattered and sealed again with gold and we also see Airy. as they lift their hand up from the horn we see that their fingertips are dipped in crystal both of them and when they open their eyes we see that their eyes are both their original gold and streaked through with bright blue crystal the same color as the tips of Poca Poca's ears. And Pocapoca slowly raises his head, and when he opens his eyes, they are no longer clouded by the false gold. And Airy stands up on top of Poca Poca's head and takes in a deep breath. And when they exhale, it is with meaning and understanding. Pocapoca's beacon. Was cracked. Was broken. But even after it's been mended, he's been irrevocably changed. I've been changed. I can feel it inside myself. I'm not quite human. Not quite monster, I think. I think I'm. I think I'm something in between. I think. I think I'm his new beacon now. I can feel it. I can feel Petra Small. I can feel where it is. I can feel every home, every burrow of all the animals that call this mountain range home. And I can feel my home, too. And Eri turns and looks at you, Medea.
1: Medea smiles.
0: Mom, I want you to make your own choice about what you want. But I would really love it if you stayed here with me and helped Poka poca guide people home like our ancestors did.
1: Of course, baby. There's nothing else I'd love more.
0: And this 23 year old's face crumbles back into a 15 year old smile and they jump down and they hug you and the force of them hugging you as you're dangling from the ear sends you both dropping harmlessly to the ground, <laughs> like harmlessly into a snow pile, right? <laughs> as mother and child pillow down and as that happens I'd love to like hold on each of our currently unnamed strike team members faces to get like a final um feeling a final beat a final moment of where you are now and where you hope to be very soon looking at Medea and Aerie let's start with Zainan. Zainan
3: had finished the shot followed it through and held the rifle which has no kick which is very strange to him and then put the butt of the rifle in the dirt and the last sight we see is him looking up still kneeling having taken aim that way up at Singh, and he feels the truth of what Artemis tasked him with the person that he very suddenly wants to be someone that is worthy of standing next to her.
0: Mm. We now swing to the forementioned twin, Sing and Sayre. Sayre, what do we get as we hold on you?
2: Sayre looks over at Medea and Aerie, exchanging this loving just reunion, this warmth, this embrace, this familial acceptance. It's familiar, but also very alien to him. He's not been in that sort of dynamic nor relationship. He is the son of fate, but fate is not here. And there's a moment where his heart is filled with so much warmth and love. And realizes that his heart sinks a little bit, imagining who this faceless person might be to hold, sing in himself in that way. So he does what any good brother will do. And he wraps an arm around his twin and pulls her into a hug, protectively and tightly, and plants a kiss on her forehead. He says, hmm. You did it, Chosen One.
0: (laughs) We sure did. We did it. Couldn't have done it without you, Sayre.
2: I couldn't have done it without you. Ruffles her hair. Ah, shucks!
0: Uh, And she, like, ruffles your hair back.
2: Careful, it's still wet. Uh, And he, like, (laughs) he grips onto her hands and holds it to his lips. And he looks over at Lumira. The... Tips of his fingers glitter, and he says, "Give me a moment," and he will begin walking over to Lumira.
4: I think even just for a brief second, Lumira's is also winded by the display between Medea and her daughter, and watching the moment between you and Sing and. Settling in on that feeling that she, much like in the other strike teams that she served on, is by herself in this, too. But it's gone just as quickly as it showed up, and she's back at full attention mode.
0: Sayor, what do you say as you approach Lumira?
2: Sayer approaches Lumira, the golden markings on him have grown. They've expanded like a web across his antlers, across his hands and forearms, across his chest. And as he approaches Lumira, there's a soft, familiar smile, Lumira, of that young, teenage boy you knew before, now significantly older, larger, heavy set. But that boy is still in there. And it is that boy that approaches you. And he asks you softly, warmly. How are you doing?
4: Glad the mission is accomplished.
2: <laughs> you nailed it. And he looks up at Polka, Polka, and looks back at you.
4: I just do the job I'm here for.
2: And we're there to support you. Every step for your strike team. And he lifts up his hand and in the gold of the fingers and his palm, he forms a little cylindrical shaped building. It has a large telescope that juts out of the main, like, half-sphere protrusion at the top. And all he says is, I'd like to talk more, if you would. Maybe back in our old place.
4: I think she does crack a smile at that. But we haven't been there since we got in trouble with Artemis. When we were 12, sneaking in, trying to look at the stars. <laughs> Hopefully we don't get in trouble.
2: He leans in and whispers in your ear. I won't tell if you won't tell.
4: You know there is no one better in trans at keeping a secret than I am.
2: And she winks. <laughs> and Sayers smiles and stands steadfastly by her side as the image in his hand recedes back onto his palm.
0: And as we pan away from this private, laughing, whispered moment, we find Zainan again. Surrounded by these moments of intimacy, these moments of closeness, we push in on your face. And when we pull out, it is a week later, in an office with a viewing bay, with a dark forest beyond, and you are alone across a table, from Artemis.
1: Well, Agent Ash. seems like you really have your work cut out for you, don't you?
3: You know, this is the first time everyone stumbles a little at the beginning, right?
1: Sure. What matters is they you pick yourself back up, take yourself back home,
4: get back where you need to go safely with your strike team. That's what I'm here for.
1: Good. I look forward to seeing the door open, Zyman.
3: I, uh, don't know about that, but I think this is going to work out nicely.
1: Artemis stands up, crosses the office, looks out her window toward the woods, looks back over your shoulder.
4: Yeah, I think it will.
0: And on that, we pull back into the present on this moment of celebration, this moment of reunion, this moment of victory, as Sing turns around with a revelation on her face and commands the attention of every single person in here, including Poca Poca. Poké. I've got it! Strike Team Supernova. Wait, no! Drop the super. Strike Team Nova.
4: <laughs> All right. Yeah. I actually yes? like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that works.
0: What do you think, Medea? I think it's perfect. Yes! Yes! Uh, And Sing like jumps up and gets snow on every single one of you, right? The snow just blows onto Lumira, Sayre, Zion, Poca Poca, Eri, and Medea. And on that snowfall falling down, that's how it happened. That was our first mission together. I don't know if we were ever the same after that. But that's how it's supposed to be, right? Just by being in each other's lives, we've added to the weight of it. The weight of love. I hope they'll be okay without me. I hope. And somewhere beyond the beyond. Sing Smiles. Hey, hey, it's Connie from Transplanar RPG. If you like the idea of helping monsters rather than hunting them, check out Monster Care Squad by Sandy Pug Games. Play as a monster care specialist, helping the majestic monsters of Aldamura who are suffering from the false gold, a vile poison that sends them into uncontrollable rages. Solve local problems, explore a sprawling world, and help the beautiful and strange creatures that share your home. Monster Care Squad is available through Sandy Pug Games, as well as their first official expansion, Behind the Waterfall, featuring three new monsters, two new locations, and dozens of moves, wounds, and lore nuggets. Sandy Pug also publishes The Exquisite Corpse in Maggot's Keep, a game book where you embody a beautiful skeleton exploring a bizarre and gothic world. You'll bounce from writer to writer, style to style, like listening to your friends tell stories around a campfire. To learn more about Sandy Pug's weird and wonderful games, sign up for their mailing list at bit.ly slash spgtransplaner. Plus, use Transplaner at checkout for 20% off any order at Sandy Pug Games. Check out their offerings at sandypuggames.com and nab a copy of Monster Care Squad or the exquisite corpse at Maggot's Keep for yourself today. This episode was edited by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our original intro theme music is by Jonathan Charles. Transplanar RPG is supported by our incredible Patreon precepts. Folks pledge to our highest tier on Patreon. A massive thank you to... Stardeers, Jordan, Derek Davidson, Phil, Mark J, Spencer, Lyle and Peanut, Rose, Alex, The Bow System, Cassidy, Lex, Charles, Cora Eckert, and Scrophysis. Pledge to our Patreon today for as little as $3 a month to unlock exclusive news, character sheets, GM notes, and even the chance for your tabletop OC to cameo in our show. Until next time, Transplay nerds!